I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. So I've been doing all sorts of fun interviews, and today is no exception. So I have Scott Larrabee, uh, the Esports Senior League Operation Manager. So hi, Scott. Hi, Mark. How you doing? So you and I go way, way back. So yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me start the question I've been asking everybody, which is, how did you first get into magic? Uh, I first got into magic because a friend of my brother's, uh, who was also a friend of mine, he was more of a friend of my brother's though, from high in high school. Um, we were out of high school uh, in you know in two thousand. Uh, it was it was in nineteen ninety four. Got a whole. He knew I played games because we used to play computer games and all kinds of games. And he's like Scott. There's this new game I played. He was going to Caltech at the time. And he said, uh, there's this new game, it's called Magic, and he goes, it's perfect for you. He goes, it's absolutely perfect for you, you really need to get it. And I said, okay, and then I didn't. And like three months later, he got a whole, I happened to talk to him again. He's like, so did you ever pick up Magic? And I said, no, and he's like, you really, really, really need to go get this, (laughs) trust me. So I did, I went over, uh, I was living down in Southern California, in Costa Mesa at the time, and I went to the only game store I knew about, which was over at uh, South Coast Plaza in uh, Costa Mesa, a store called Gamesmanship. And I went in and asked about it. I said, hey, do you have this game called Magic? And the guy behind the counter said, yeah. He goes, we don't really have we don't really have a lot left. And all they had left was unlimited starters. So and they only had two of them left. And I bought the last two they had and I took them home and uh, gave one to my brother. And that's what we played. <laughs> Until we could get more cards. Okay, so um, so here's how you and I start meeting each other, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty early on, is I lived in Los Angeles as well, mm-hmm. and uh, I got into Magic a little earlier than you. I got into Alpha. Um, yeah, yeah, you got in early. <laughs> uh, but I was looking for places to play. There really wasn't any place to play. And then I heard rumors of this awesome place to play that was far away from where I lived, down in Costa Mesa at the Costa Mesa Women's Center. We actually met earlier than that. Oh, did we? Did we meet earlier than that? We did. Okay. So uh, my brother got to know you on the Magic IRC channel. Okay. (laughs) And there was a a convention that was going to happen in L.A. called MagicCon. Yes. And uh, he said, hey, I was talking to this guy I know online. He said there's going to be a tournament and dealers. And so we went. And we got there and he goes, hang on, let me go find this guy. And he goes and runs off for 10 minutes. He comes back and he brought you and he goes, hi, this is my, this is Mark. I met him. So Mark's literally the first person in magic I met, except my brother. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't realize that. Said, was that over and meet my friends. The, the we first, what's that? The first convention I went to, I don't know if this was this one. The first convention I went to was this tiny, tiny, tiny convention that had like maybe 30 people. No, this thing was bigger. Okay, this was bigger this than that. Okay, like two hundred people. Oh, okay, okay. It was, it was at the it was at the hotel there on the right by the airport. Oh, okay, um, okay. So Mark Mark drags me over to be, meet his friends. So the yeah. second person I met in Magic was Henry Stern. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then it was at that show that there were flyers for the first Costa Mesa tournament. Okay. Because all the guys who started the Costa Mesa tournament were also at this con. Okay. So Jim, Jim Murphy, uh, Kyle Schubel, who was actually the guy I bought the – he was the guy who helped me buy the starters at Gamesmanship. Okay. Uh, Kyle Schubel, uh, Jim Murphy, Eric, and um, Chuck. Uh, those guys were all there. And so I had the flyer, and it was happening the next weekend. So my brother and I went, and the rest is uh, – 
as they say, history, uh, you then started showing up every week. Right. So, so let me explain to the audience so they understand what Costa Mesa, well, what this was. <laughs> so um, there were a few game stores that would run tournaments, but uh, you guys rented out this hall. It was, it was called the Costa Mesa Women's Center. So I, I literally assumed mm-hmm. that's what it was. That's yep. what we referred to it as. And yep. every Saturday night, it started at like 5 no, it's starting in the afternoon. It would start in the, in the afternoon. Oh, start in the afternoon, and then it went around noon. Yeah, it would go late in the evening. Maybe I showed up. Maybe I would show up. You in the showed evening. up late. Yeah, if you um, would call me up, and you would you call the payphone that was in the lobby, and people would go, "Mark's on the phone," and I come <laughs> over, and you're like, "Save me a spot in the Grandmaster." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Uh, it was a play back in the day in Los Angeles. It was like kind of the the hot spot of magic play, um, and a lot of my like my friends from that era. That's where I met a lot of them, um, and it was just like if you were in Los Angeles back in ninety four, ninety five, whatever. It was like the place to play, and I, I every Saturday I go down there every Saturday for like an hour plus drive, um, and I, right I'd get down there late afternoon and I'd stay till late in the evening, and uh, I played a lot of magic. <laughs> Yeah, it was good times back then. It was uh, the first, I remember when, so I started there, I started going to it before I started running it um, for a while. And what they would do is they had a, they had a tournament, which was constructed or standard, and there were no rules back then. So the people running it made up their own band list and stuff. And then they would do a thing in the app, they would, they would start that. And then like two hours later, they would start a thing called a sealed deck. Ooh, a <laughs> I remember deck. the advertising. Yeah. Was, Fifteen dollars, and you get you get a starter and two boosters, and you keep the cards, and it was all very very exciting. And then they would run uh, Grandmasters yeah. uh, in the late evening, and Grandmaster was you got a starter, and you play, and you built your deck, and it was single elim. But when you if you beat someone, you got all their cards, and you'd rebuild yeah. your deck for the next round. Yeah. And the winner just ended up with all eight all eight of them. Yeah, so. I played in a lot of Grand. I, I won some, but I played in a lot of Grandmasters. <laughs> And then that inspired Henry and I to make the mini master, uh, right. what people call Pack Wars. Henry and I right. were the, the creators of that way, way back in the day, based on Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. We called mm-hmm. it Mini Master because it was just a single pack. But um, okay, so uh, how, so at some point you went from just running tournaments in Costa Mesa <laughs> to being involved in the Pro Tour. How, how did you get involved in the I Pro did. Tour? Well, the uh, I. The people who ran that tournament every week uh, then opened a store, which I then went and hung out at, eventually became a partner in that store and then ran the Costa Mesa tournament. And then the Pro Tour came along and um, a lot of people from a lot of the guys, big guys of the Costa Mesa Women's Club, Henry, Mario Rabina, Mark, Mark Chalice, those guys all went off and played in the tournament um in new york and then the next thing you know there was going to be one in la yeah so it was at the queen mary yep. so on the boat looking for vol- <laughs> volunteers for judges and i ran tournaments so i so i volunteered and i went and uh got to meet a whole bunch of people there um went on to work the top eight uh including spotting the top eight because uh, the guy you had spotting had to leave so i <laughs> So yeah, I you were my in. spotter. I remember that. So that's the, the by the way, for the little trivia, a little bit of PT <laughs> trivia. Uh, my I was doing commentary. Mark Justice was doing color commentary. Right. And the only booth they could find for us was literally a phone booth. It was a phone booth. It was right. a slightly bigger than normal phone booth, but it was a phone booth. <laughs> and that uh, I think that finals was like seven and a half hours or something crazy. 
It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, it was Sean uh, Sean Hammer Regner. Yeah. Versus uh, Tight Tommy. Yeah. Tom Gavin. <laughs> Tom Gavin. Yeah. And I remember, and it was draft, and it was like fourth edition Homelands, the worst draft format <laughs> maybe in the history of Magic. And it went to five, it went four or five games, and I remember game two took like two hours. Uh, oh, Sean just, had like Sean only had three three creatures in his entire deck, <laughs> and one of them was giant oyster. <laughs> oh was, yeah, it was, it was uh, the worst format ever. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. Uh, then um, at the end of that show, uh, people from Wizards, I got to know, um, you know, I got to know uh, Andrew Finch and Karn Krisnick and Scaff. And at the end of that show, they said, uh, we want to fly you out to a Columbus to the next show and help have you help run side events and judge and do all that. So I, I did that for a number of shows for a few years, continued to do my stuff back in Costa Mesa, including running pre-releases and Pro Tour qualifiers and stuff down in L.A., Arizona and San Diego. And then uh, in uh, 1998, um, got a call from Wizards from... Uh, from uh, Diana Johns, who was the she was the uh, show manager for the Pro Tour, saying, uh, "I finally got uh, permission to hire someone to be an assistant Pro Tour manager, and you were the one I like. Well, can you be here like in four <laughs> days for an interview?" So I flew up, did the interview. Uh, then Susan Scheid, if you remember her. Uh, said, "Oh, Scott's interested in working here. I want to interview him for a job in conventions." So. <laughs> So I uh, I actually took the job in conventions because uh, uh, it, it had relocation money. Ah. So, <laughs> so I uh, moved up to Seattle and I did the convention thing for about 10 months until uh, somebody on the Pro Tour team down in Organized Play was leaving. Uh, Chris Galvin said, please interview. I did. And then I started working, uh, started scheduling the qualifiers and doing all that kind of stuff. The pre-releases, taking care of the uh, the premier TOs that we had at the time. And uh, that was back in uh, August of 1998, and I've been at Wizards ever since. Um, been in the organized play department, which has changed names and <laughs> reporting structures over the years, but uh, still, uh, still doing my thing. Yeah, one of the fun things is, is you're just dropping names into the audience is like that random names you've never heard of before, and I'm like, oh, like Diane, I hadn't thought of Diane in years. So anyway, that's it's, right. it's fun. So okay, so you officially start working for Wizards. Yeah. Um. So. Well, let's talk a little bit. So at some point, you, you you became the tournament manager for the Pro Tour. I did. That was in uh, 2003, uh, right after – I'm going to drop another name that I think more people know. Okay. That was after Mr. Jeff Donay left the company. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had the position open for a few months. Then we had a we had a reorg in uh, – we had a reorg in OP, and uh, I was given uh, that job. So, so what I, what's that like? What's, like, what's running so – talk a little bit about like, what, what does it entail to run the Pro Tour? Well, there's well, there's an events team that takes care of. Um, I mean, you, you were the tournament the hall, manager. The yeah. hall. Sorry, what? you were the tournament manager, right? I was the tournament manager, right? Yeah. So there's a whole other team that takes care of running the show. Uh, my job is running the tournament. So um, you know, I would you know hire the head judge, and part of what I would do back at the office is we decide what format it's going to be, and how many rounds it is, and all this kind of stuff that goes on in the background. But my job at the show is actually kind of akin to the, the closest thing I've seen to it 
uh, in other games uh, would be like at the uh, uh, at a poker tournament, you've got the tournament director mm-hmm. and he's like kind of the final authority on the tournament and what's going to happen. And that's kind of my job. So I uh, keep track of uh, how, how fast we're going, how slow we're going. If we're going too slow, we try and figure out what's going on. Um, I'm just kind of the last the last stop on all things tournament while that thing goes on. Um, yeah, one of the things I find interesting and one of the reasons I like doing interviews with just different people in the company is getting at some sense of, hey, this is a whole thing. Someone's got to do all sorts of things and care about it. And there's all these things you never even think about, but you have to take care of them. Um, yeah, they don't just happen. <laughs> and and like, how many people, how many people, how many, like when you were running a tournament, how many people are, are working, I mean, for you, it might be loose, but how many people are you in charge of overseeing? Uh, I oversee, um, so all the judges uh, that are running it through the head judge. Um, the scorekeeper is somebody that uh, they oversee. Um, that's that's my group of people. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's, you know, a whole other group of people that are dealing with coverage. And when we used to have side events, we had a whole other person that would dealt with side events. And you know, there's a lot of stuff going on at one of those shows. But uh, my my thing is really the tournament. So the turn the the pro tour tournament itself is my uh, is my donate domain for that weekend. So um, do you have any f- uh, fun stories from your times running pro tours? <laughs> well, uh, so it's funny. Uh, I just uh, calculated recently because somebody asked me. I don't know how it came up, but uh, oh, it came up because. Uh, the esports department has recently been put under Studio X. So yeah. um, we were doing introductions for the rest of the studio about what we all did. And somebody, so I had to do my little bio. And I, I thought, oh, this would be a good time to say how many pro tours I haven't been to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been to all of them except for 16. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I had the record for a while of, of the most pro tours, but uh, <laughs> right. you have long since passed me because I... Right. You, you had all of them. Yeah. <laughs> until, some, until, until you didn't. Yeah, I had um, all of them until, like, my daughter was born. That's the first one I missed. And then then my twins were born. I, I missed that one. And anyway, so... <laughs> right. And then I stopped I, going to them. So There's so many stories, and it's been... I've been doing it so long, and I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> they, they all blur at this point. Um... There's, um, uh, I mean, the first, the first pro tour was on the, on the Queen Mary. We did a whole bunch on the Queen Mary. Um, I know a lot of players look back who were on that Queen Mary, look back on that event as being something that was very formative in the early days. I mean, we were open 24 hours a day with those early shows. Scaff would stay up at night and run drafts for players. And I know people really liked that. That venue was miserable. I (laughs) did not like running anything there. So we were um, on the boat for three or four, I think four pro tours like were on the five. boat. Five. Five? Almost five, yeah. They, the problem with the Queen Mary is that it's made of metal. So, like, all the floors are metal. Even though they have carpet, it's metal. So, like, being on your feet the whole time. For players, because they're sitting most of the time, it's fine. Yeah. But we were running around the whole time. We just completely wrecked at the end of the day. And it was, like, it's Southern California in May, and it's a metal... It's a metal box, and the sun is just beating on the side, and it's hot in there. There's, you know, there's just nothing you can do about it. Um, the coolest, the, the coolest thing about what I do there is that I do this thing, and it's it's always the same, but it's not. It's always a bit different because every every hall is different, every city is different. Um, the judge staffs are always different. Um, certainly, getting to getting to travel the world to run these events. You know, I started running events at the coast, you know, at the 
1,000 square foot Costa Mesa Women's Club and I go on to run these huge professional tournaments giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars in locations all over the world is a, a pretty amazing thing. Um, in fact, it is the thing that I'm missing the most right now. <laughs> uh, I was just commenting to somebody the other day that this is uh, the longest period of time without getting on a plane that I've had in since I started. Yeah going to magic tournaments uh, since I flew to my first magic tournament back in the summer of 1996. This is the longest period of time between getting on a plane. I have, I flew back from Reno, Nevada. I went to the magic fest in Reno at the end of February and I haven't been on plane since. And uh, I don't, I don't like it. I miss, I miss <laughs> the traveling. I miss going in, getting the show set up, yeah. uh, running it, uh, shutting it down and then uh, flying home. <laughs> it is a, one of the coolest parts of my job is getting to fly to all these places and, not being able to do it right now is kind of a bummer. Jimmy, any idea how many countries you've, you've gone to? Oh, my God. I had, I, that's something else I should calculate at some point. Um, not as many as you would think. I mean, we tend to run the Pro Tour in pretty major countries. Right, um, so, yeah. you know, I've been to places like Puerto Rico because we ran a Pro Tour in Puerto Rico. I've yeah. been to Malaysia because we ran one in Kuala Lumpur. I've been to Japan, oodles of Thailand. Like in all of APAC. Uh, you know, Asia Pacific region, I've been only to Japan, Malaysia, and Australia. <laughs> um, because that's the places we ran stuff when I was doing it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was also, I went to Korean Nationals and I went, uh, first invitation was in Hong Kong. But other than right. that, those are where I've been, same places where right, I've been I've in been Asia. None of those. I was at yeah. the, uh, I was at the invitational with you in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, because we, we held a, uh, uh, we held, it was it was Australian Nationals and, and the uh, that yeah. and uh, I was in charge of organized play the the premier play level of stuff down in Australia at the time so I went down for that um, I've never been to South America because we've never run anything big down in South America I know you have I, well, we, we went to Rio for invitation that's the only time I've been <laughs> right, to South America right. so. and uh, in uh, Europe I've been to you know I've been to Ireland been to the UK France Spain. Uh, Prague. Prague's a fun one. That's a cool memory. Uh, I went to do Prague, flew into Prague, set up the show, ran day one. Then on the morning of day two, I had to fly to L.A. Uh, because it was my sister-in-law's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I uh, went and did, I did like 96 hours in Prague, flew to L.A., did my sister's wedding, then met up with all the people that ran that Pro Tour because the Invitational was in L.A. at E3 that week. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I did the wedding and then just saw you guys over at the convention center. <laughs> my sister's so. wedding was uh, day one and two at Worlds. Uh, it's 98, the one that... Um, the one uh, at the U. The, the, yeah, it was at the university. Um, yeah. And day one and two, I'm there. Day three and four, I'm at, my, at home at my sister's wedding. We flew yep. back that night and I show up like partway into the finals day because I had to do the finals. And so we did right. the finals. So, right. Um, but, uh, that's the only, uh, for the pro tours that I've gone to work, that's the, uh, that's the only one I haven't done the whole show on, but I still count it because I went. Yeah, you're there. Um, I've, there's ones I've been out. I've, I've missed a day of, uh, DC 99, the first team pro tour. If you recall, like a third of the third of everybody in the building got sick. Yeah, <laughs> there was something go. Yeah, we, we we think there was something in the water, <laughs> literally, and it uh, just people just dropped. I remember uh, Team Your Move games like Rob right. Dougherty was playing. That oh yeah, yeah, he was like on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's here's a memory. Uh, something a memory I have of you. Um, so this yep. goes back to the early days. So my job when I was on the Pro Tour, when I worked on the Pro Tour, was I handled the feature matches. 
I, I did right. the coverage on the last day, but I did the feature matches on all the other days. And so you had, you, whenever you were ready, you would get me the list, and then I had to pick the feature matches really fast before you could post right. anything. Um, and I always would hang around, and then like you would you would wave it, and like okay, I got I got to pick my feature matches. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But that, that's my memory, uh, is uh, always watching you, waiting for you to finish so I could get my feature match. Right, right. I know before before I started running Pro Tours, I went to a lot of the Pro Tours, and I did side events. When I got hired by Wizards in the conventions department, one of my jobs was to run the side events at the Pro Tour. But I still did the spotting yeah. <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> because I remember, because you're like, nope, Scott's got to be the spotter. Because <laughs> so, I, I, did, I did almost every Pro Tour from that first Yeah, yeah, you, were my, you were my spotter on. for quite a while. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, the funny thing is, I gave up. I stopped doing commentary pretty quickly. But you, you, you were my. I mean, I, I was still producing it, so you were still my spotter. Um, yeah, I would still, do, I would still do that. Okay, um, so let's get into something else that uh, is, is a big magic thing that you were very instrumental in. Yeah, which is okay. So the judges after the after the tournament's done, like to play some games of magic. They did. It turns out, <laughs> and so uh, this leads somewhere else that you're a big player in. So let's let's talk about that. Absolutely. So uh, I'm in Atlanta in 2005 and I'm getting ready. You know, you finish the tournament and then you I'm going to dinner with other staff people. And I know all the judges. They're all friends of mine. And uh, I see that they're in the hall. We were still open really late or 24 hours at that point. And uh, I see them moving tables around and I'm like, what are, you, what are you guys doing? I run over. I remember specifically running over to go, what are you doing and why are you moving tables? Like, this is not something that should be happening. And Sheldon's there because he's the head judge of the event. And Sheldon says, oh, we're going we're gonna to play Magic. And I said, okay, but why do you need to rearrange the tables into these weird big squares? He goes, oh, we're playing this, uh, we're playing this format called uh, Elder Dragon Highlander. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah it's just, he gave me the brief thing. And I said, okay, whatever. And so they go off and they do their thing. Uh, at the next show, uh, which was in Philadelphia, it was the Skins Pro Tour, actually, um, I stayed one night with Sheldon because I wanted to learn more about this thing. Sheldon had been emailing me going, you really need to play this. So I sat and I actually watched them play it. And uh, I was intrigued. And I sat there with Sheldon and Geese Hogendyke from, uh, he was one of the judges from the Netherlands that were really into it at the time and uh, explained the format. And I asked questions and we talked about decks and the whole night. Uh, then the next show, uh, Sheldon handed me a deck and he goes, here, why don't you play this? If you like it, uh, I'll give you the I'll give you the deck list and I won't play it anymore. He was going to give me the deck. So I sat and played and I've been hooked and have been playing Commander ever since. I kind of stopped playing Magic at that point. I played a lot of board games. I think one of the things I liked about it was that it was I, I call it the board game version of Magic. It has everything you want in a board game. It's got the politics, uh, the multiplayer aspect of it and uh, played. uh would stay late and play on the pro tour with the judges constantly. Uh, eventually uh, Sheldon and some of the other people asked me to be on the rules committee. It was back in uh, 2008, 2009. And I've been doing that ever since. So and, uh, that is, that is other, other than running these big tournaments. <laughs> I'm also very highly placed on this format that is about the exact opposite of the pro tour. that it could actually be. It's the very well, polar ends of the spectrum. Yeah. It's one thing that's fun is that, right. That, that you're very into these two things that are such opposite from each other. But yes. so I want to talk a little bit from your point of view. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you were at wizards this whole time. So you, yes. you were yes. the earliest person involved. That was a wizards person, although wizards wasn't in any way connected with it in the early days at all. Correct. Um, so what was it like? Like, I, do you remember we we made our we made the first commander decks? 
And we you were did. involved in that, right? You were on... on that design. I yeah. was on that design team. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, uh, they asked me to be on it. We weren't designing commander decks at the time. We were designing something else that was multiplayer. And uh, I remember Aaron Forsyth telling us, you know, we got to have something together by a certain date. And if 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 you don't think it's working, the backup is we'll do commander decks because <laughs> commander <laughs> was starting to get popular. Yeah. Um, we worked on a thing. It didn't really work out, so we immediately switched over to Commander decks, and that's uh, how we got the uh, we got those first decks. And so, yeah, I was on that uh, first design team. I think uh, I had never designed cards before. I think I was there on there mostly because I was the guy in the building. I mean, I, there were people playing in the building by that point, but I'm the one who brought it kind of in. I think what happened is on the Pro Tour, we had other staff members who would one at a time start going what are you guys doing late playing this game and we, we started a little we started a little uh group of people playing on friday afternoons at the uh at the office and uh aaron aaron started playing with us too on fridays he, he really liked the format and started playing with us and uh it was uh it was weird because it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now but we were making a product and so we didn't know it's a whole bunch of stuff we didn't know i mean we, those early decks are just themeless right there <laughs> They were based on, they were based on uh, just colors, and that's it. And it was it was a lot of fun. I've been on a lot of design teams for Commander since. Those early ones went fun because there was just no rules. Like you just made cool cards, and if you know the lead designer and the developers liked it, it went in. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. Those, those decks did. They had they had light themes, you know, like a graveyard version or mm. plus one plus one counters, but they were pretty pretty wide on the theme. Uh, they were not as tight as they were now. Um, but how, how done, many commander uh, teams have you been on? Roughly? I I was on the first two, so I was on the commander and commander 2013. I think I've been on five, and I think I just started my sixth just this week. <laughs> so okay, well, that's just cool. this week started for uh, some some more commander stuff down the road. <laughs> um, okay, and so what was it like from your point of view of it going from this? kind of quirky thing the judges did to what it is today like what was that transition like uh it was it's one of those things it's probably like boiling a frog right i mean you <laughs> the old story you put a frog in a cold pot and turn it up and it was it doesn't do anything it's weird it just didn't seem like like the the, the popularity grew so gradually um i don't recall the exact moment that I don't recall the exact moment that I thought that I went, wow, this thing is like big. I think it might have been when I went to go play somewhere in the Seattle area. I went to a store in the Seattle area to, I don't know, buy cards or I don't even remember why I was there. And there were people playing Commander. <laughs> and I went, OK, there are people I didn't know personally that were playing Commander. It was certainly uh, it was certainly before those decks came out. But uh it uh, it was cool. It grew and it grew and it grew and it grew so much that now it's kind of scary <laughs> how much it's grown. It's uh, I mean, uh, there are clearly cards that are designed for Commander in everything we do now, and that is just a huge difference yeah. from where we started, even with those uh, those early Commander decks, where you know we were trying to make something. Oh look, we can make cards specifically for this format, like you know Command Tower, for instance. Yeah. Um, versus, uh, you know, now we're you know, we're playing around with Command Zone and really doing weird stuff with multiplayer. And um, but it's uh, it's it's satisfying. It's uh, you know, it's certainly having been part of something so early on and seeing where it's gone. It's the second time I've got to do that. Like I in Magic, I was around at the beginning of Magic 
organized play when it was just you know small and not a thing and it's grown into what it is and commander is the same thing and commander's even like it was even smaller i mean when i started playing commander i'll bet there were 30 40 people in the world that were playing commander yeah. and that was it and now it's uh you know it's millions and it's uh it's pretty satisfying uh walking into gp las vegas last year for the first command zone and seeing how many people were sitting there playing the thing that you've been working on and has been your baby for a long time is uh, it's extremely satisfying. Yeah, well, that's cool. I, I, I guess it's not often you get a... <laughs> you do one thing that way and you got to do two, so that's, that's pretty you awesome. You don't get to build two things very often that are that big yeah. uh, in, the same, uh, in the same industry, much less as the same company. So, so anyway, one of the things that... Uh, you, you and I don't get to see each other nearly as much as we once did. Uh, back when I used to go to all the Pro Tours, at least, we, I always would see you at the Pro Tours. And uh, one thing I always remember is whenever we were in another country, you always had the phone so I could call my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is back before uh, pay plan. You know, I had yeah. one of the, internet, you know, super cool international pay plans on a phone. Not a yeah. lot of people did. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. Everybody just... Right, not a lot easier to do that, but it, it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you weren't the only one I did that for. <laughs> I, I did do it for Randy, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's, it's one of the things that's neat. One of the, the fun of me doing these interviews is just chatting with people that I've known forever. Like, like I said, you and I. Um, so October thirtieth is my tw- my twenty fifth year at Wizards, mm-hmm. um, and you and I knew each other before that. So, um, like I said, I, I we've known each other for a long, long, long time. So it was a lot of fun uh, talking with you. So. I've known you since May of nineteen ninety four. It's been <laughs> it's been a crazy <laughs> long time. It's been uh, twenty six years. We're uh, We've gone gray together, my friend. <laughs> well, I, I went gray pretty fast, but uh, but we have. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny. You have to get really early pictures of me to even see, like, light brown hair or something. <laughs> I, I went gray super fast. But uh, anyway, it's yeah. great talking with you. And unfortunately, I can see my desk. So we all know that's the, that's the end of my drive to work. So uh, I want to thank you for being here. Um, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. So, so guys, uh, when I see my desk, we know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. To set a talk in magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So, Scott, thank you so much for being here today. Yep. And, guys, I will see all of you next time. Bye-bye.